Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall, overall bad ass. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your host, Dave, Dave and Sean. And Sean. Are you sure? How's the apocalypse going for you folks? Friends and fiends. Taking a little back into history. We have an outtake with Fury. Now, I've gotten to know him through a couple of shows recently. We've had him on a set oh, more than a few times. This is an outtake with Fury, which ironically happens to be the, the name of his show that you can catch. And um, check him out. Um, again, his it's Outtakes with Fury. And he is pretty much anywhere you want to find entertainment. Um, YouTube is the quickest way immediately to find him. Um, if you want to check out his uh, his video and audio entertainment. And as far as we are concerned on Kettle Whistle Radio, he is the only movie critic that matters. That's right. Not just during a pandemic. Yes. So we got him coming up. And we're gonna you're gonna hear movies here that you've that been out for a while. We talk about sure. And some, a lot of these horror movies you have not watched yet, and they're available. Now, when we first talked about them, a lot of these were not available. Now, 100% of these are available for streaming. A lot of them are free on cer- certain services, and I'm not going to sit here and say who, because I'm not going to get paid by any of them. But who I am going to help out here, or uh, definitely people that have helped me out, like Charlie Fleming, um, that neat little riff you're about to hear. Uh, is the is actually the the kettle? It's just called the kettle. It is Kettle Whistle Radio's theme song. I appreciate that. All the other stuff you hear in the background is always Yard Panther and my girl Erica, and and Jess Jess Timko, Erica Askew. Uh, those two from Yard Panther do a lot of work for us. And uh, check them out. Fashion Trashin is the show on YouTube. If you got five minutes to spare, five to eight minutes, these little oh man, these comedy vignettes. Uh, sock puppets um, doing rude things. <laughs> it's very metal. That's why I will endorse that show. And of course, we have to throw out there two sponsors The Diabetic Chef. That is uh, The Diabetic Chef at gmail.com um, is how you find them. Um, they're out there, they're on the web. I'm still waiting to get details on them. It's a mother and daughter team, and they will send you recipes for a very low fee. How to cook for family members and friends in your life with that horrible, horrible disease. Now, um, back to, <laughs> I hate to tell you, uh, Charlie Fleming, who does the, the neat little riff that <laughs> you're about to hear, before the uh, interview with Fury, and we talk about various horror movies. Charlie Fleming, you can find him, at, you definitely want to check this out, definitely you gamer guys and girls, RAR. 
I'm a monster publishing. Okay, it is right here. You can drive through rpg.com uh, dash rar exclamation point. I'm a monster publishing dash the largest RPG download store exclamation point. Um, yeah, you can find Charlie stuff there. And he's obviously a very good musician. You'll be hearing more of uh, <laughs> that stuff later on because I want to have Charlie on uh, with his band, Electric Prong. Yes. And hey, if you like us, you can find us on YouTube now too. Uh, shows will be getting uploaded there slowly but surely for easy access. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the uh, our time with uh, Fury and our outtakes with Fury. It's definitely uh, informative on some movies you may have missed along the way and stuff you're looking for right now. Stuff that could help you during a quarantine situation. All right. Um, I've got a few favorites, but let's see what you guys think and let us know, too. I should mention, we're still here. <laughs> Helm Steve headquarters. Kettlewhistle Radio will be here for you. And new episodes will be coming. And thanks for tuning in. And um, I should mention what you hear in the background. I try to do that. And uh, right now, and in the background, you do hear the guys from Godzillionaire. If you missed the Godzillionaire episode, go back and listen to it. Some great stuff, man. Great rock and roll. Great guys. You're going to hear more from them, too. And uh, coming up, going to throw a little Crimson Devils at you. Out of Austin, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think they're out of Austin. Um, this is a friend connection. And uh, I really fell in love with one of these songs here. So I just, uh, I, I don't know. It's like just one of those things. I just, uh, man, I just had to play these guys. Had to get to know them. And I already talked to Kurt Christensen. The, uh, and um, he gave me the okay to um, actually play stuff uh, when I want to. And I'm thinking, I mean, there's so much to choose from with Crimson Devils. But um, before you get to know them, because we're obviously going to be interviewing them at some point. Um, let's go with, oh, I don't know. God, there's so many good songs here. Uh, Bad News Blues. I had to narrow it down. All right, and then enjoy the interview, or the, I should say my time spent, with the outtake with Fury himself, Mastrassi.
I have my neighbor on the show. <laughs> Um, all right, if you're familiar with Outtakes with Fury, you must be a local. If not, I have Mr. Fury here with me right now. He will go by Fury today. And he is a local, he, well, you're going to go with movie critic, teacher, broadcaster, um, and uh, I, I want to say lover of horror movies, but I'm not sure yet. You're really making me sound important. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long time in the making, and now we're crossing over between uh, our own uh, listening audience. And you are on TV as well. I am. Yes. Uh, Outtakes with Fiori is a uh, locally produced show uh, that has been on the TV for in one form or another since 1988. 88. We just, uh, the other, uh, yesterday... Uh, we finished up show number 562. Wow. Yes. And I thought this was a big deal. I'm getting close to 200. Yeah. But that's a different story. <laughs> you you have a lot more production going on there. Um, yeah. I came into it kind of late, moving here in the 97, 2000s. But yeah, we've tuned in a few times. And then uh, things happen. And it's amazing it took this long for us to cross over. But that's the way things are with creative folks. That's probably because we live so far apart. I know. <laughs> you take it for granted. That's the problem. But yeah, so I, I, how are you surviving this uh, government shutdown? Just curious. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it, you know, timely. I'm watching a lot more movies. Because <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. I knew that was going to be your answer. Yeah, I'm waiting for the angry music to come out around. It always comes around, you know, when things like this happen. You get angry, uh, heavy metal, rap, you name it. But it's, it does show in the movies. It's going to show. I think in the early 2000s, we had a lot more violent stuff come out. Yeah. You'd probably say that. Um, but now, he gave me uh, Fury gave me some homework here. Which isn't hard for me. <laughs> I probably overwatched. But there were a list of, what, 15 to 11 to 15 horror movies that are coming out that you got to review on your site. Well, uh, some of them are, uh, are coming out, and some of them already have been out. Right. I, I've been surprised. You know, they say, uh, sociologists say, that when a society uh, is experiencing trauma of some sort, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be political or economical or whatever... Uh, that the amount of horror films increases because it's a reflection on the conflict that's going on inside the the current society. I've always thought that. Uh, well, you know whether sure, there's but... yeah whether there's validity to that or not, I'm not sure. But uh, there must be an awful lot of problems going on over in Ireland. Yeah, because well, the... they've come out with uh, I think since September I, there's been about a half a dozen Irish horror films that have come out, and they are intense usually. Yeah. Slow build. Slow, very but, slow. But when the impact comes, it's kind of, in most cases, it's like, whoa, and they do things you're not used to, the tropes they use, you're not, everything's different. The archetypes, there aren't any American archetypes in their movies. No, none. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I got a chance to look at some of these, but, um, and even I get offended at some of these movies sometimes. And that, that says a lot because I've, I've grown up, you know, in the Romero days where anything goes, you know, the splatter films and movies like Blood Feast yep. from the six, late 60s into the 70s that were shocking. But, every, you know, when you get something, take a horror movie out of the context you're used to, you know, last girl movies and, you know, Ripley's going to kill the alien at the end movies, you know, like you take the American out of the film, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And you don't even halfway through. You, it, it's they're not predictable unless they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes but, they're bad and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. True. True. But I, I haven't been too disappointed with Irish films and. But um, where do we start? There's there's quite a few we have. I'll tell you what. Here. I'll 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 start with one that's not even on your list because I just okay. watched it uh, okay. two days ago, and I think I had mentioned to you in passing while we were out in the streets shoveling snow. Ah. Um, I watched a, a Jewish horror film, 
uh, called Ooh, The Gollum. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, one. and it, uh, it uh, I believe, will open up officially January 31st, and then it hits uh, uh, home video and VOD on February 5th. Okay. So hopefully that doesn't date us too much as to when we're recording this, but... Uh, Probably not. Yeah, Probably but that's... Not. that's uh, and, and, you know, I found it kind of interesting. I mean, there were a couple of turns in the in the plot that were a little bit predictable. Okay. But I think that's mainly because uh, I, I watch a lot of these movies and because I'm a fan of uh, Pumpkinhead with uh, Lance Hendrickson. He's around so. <laughs> here somewhere. I have a Pumpkinhead. Oh, one of the McFarland things? Um, this is, I think, uh, pre-him. Um, he's He may be gone for Christmas time. He he wears his uh, Christmas outfit and then disappears. Oh, good Lord. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah, well. He could be creeping around here somewhere. You can see him on my Facebook page, folks. There you go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I um, love Pumpkinhead. I, I even like the second one. And yeah. that's miniseries that was kind of like the uh, McCoys versus the, the Hatfields versus the McCoys. Yeah. Like, I like that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, the whole concept of that was pretty good. And they they made the Gollum in this thing uh, uh, a little bit like Pumpkinhead in that he was uh, specifically attached to the person who called him up. Very cool. And... Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty decent movie. I, I kind of enjoyed it. And... One thing it did that I think every horror film should do is not go over 90 minutes. Mm. Because mm. I think if you can't get your point and scare your audience or shock your audience within 90 minutes, then you've had something go askew in your script writing. Mm, I agree. So uh, it, it was a nice 90-minute little thriller. It, uh, uh, it delivered, and uh, it did it in kind of a nice way. So I, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that one, Gollum. Um, let's see. This is one that we weren't sure we were going to cover or not. But, oh, man. Talk about those things that are unproductive. Um, is it Vidar the vampire or oh, Vidar? Uh, well, I... I, Vidar. I, I yeah, well, let's go with Vidar. And that is... Now, who made that one? That's... um. <sighs> And I'm glad I brought my notes. <laughs> I threw you off on that one because I didn't expect to talk about it either. Yeah, we had all of these it just, here. Um, uh, <laughs> This might even be one for uh, my uh, the girls, the queens of NC seventeen, to cover at some point because they like the uh, schlocky. I don't uh, sexual weirdness fest movie. This was this was more than sexually weird. This was uh, this was a, a horror film that I think tried its best to be uh, culturally satirical, hmm. and I just think it it bombed. Did, did you like it? I. <laughs> One word, tampon. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll just let the audience figure that one out. But um, that scene, wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's you not could, the first time I've seen something like that. Yeah, but, but you could tell at that point they were reaching, you know. <laughs> reaching, they, they definitely, they, but there's some comedic things happening there. Uh, there I did are. laugh. I laughed a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, just at the man's desperation. I, 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 if you go into this as a comedy, and like I said, if you're fans of our, on uh, society-13.com, our network, if you like the queens of NC-17, let's just say they would give this two big thumbs up. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a different kind of audience. But it vidar as in v a v i d a r the yeah. vampire and it was uh if i'm not mistaken it was a foreign made film too yeah and uh, uh the version i watched uh you had to read the subtitles to it so uh yes me too yeah yep. yeah so okay. uh, that that's not necessarily a bad thing you know right. what i mean uh, uh 
there have actually been some films from uh, Britain and even Ireland that, you know, I was kind of glad they had subtitles because <laughs> it's yes. English, but it's not. You know, yeah, the, I, the Scots, too. Yeah, I couldn't understand what the hell they it, were saying. It gets so. pretty hardcore with the language. Yeah, and you, you do those subtitles do help occasionally uh, for us novices. Yeah. <laughs> but not you so much, but the, the usual horror crowd. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Vidar, I, I'm somewhere between thumbs up and down because when a movie still makes my jaw drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did something there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not you sure know, I, the, the vampire is a um, is an interesting character, and mm. I mean, he has been uh, played with uh, in, in a lot of different forms. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them can walk in light; some of them can't walk in light. Uh, you know, if you go all the way back to the the Hammer films and Christopher oh, yeah. Lee, yeah. I mean, very seldom did Christopher Lee speak. I think uh, of all his Dracula movies, and I believe it was six or seven he ended up making. Peter Cushing did most of the talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think the most lines Christopher Lee had were six. Wow. In one movie. Right? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so he presented this more ominous. Sinister monster. Yes, right? yes, yes. Definitely. Which Which I think I kind of lean toward a little. I always you know? do. I, it, we, on this show, it always goes back with directors I've talked to, like Johnny Daggers. And others um, goes back to the Nosferatu monster, yeah. the uh, the Salem's Lot, Stephen King. Yeah, you know, that that that's where they got him from, Nosferatu. Yeah. When that thing comes, his head comes out of that. I mean, that's scary. Yeah, that thing was scary. He didn't talk. Yeah, it's it motion, eyes, claws, growling. Yeah. He was to be afraid of. Even those kids in Salem's out the window, just scraping yes. that window. Everybody remembers that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like Let Me In. But let's yes. not, I don't want to get off the beaten track, but that's a great movie. Uh, Let no, me it in. is. I it like is. That. It's a very good movie. Yeah, and, or, and, yeah. and see, there's a, a the case right in point in. where they they took, uh, uh, and you know, there was a difference between the two movies, if you saw both of them. Yeah, Let the Right One In and Let Me In. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of a difference, uh, and I, I kind of appreciated that. But, you know, there's a situation where they took a, uh, a young girl and made her the the, the vampire yeah. that would not grow old, and, and, and her seductive ways for being, what, just a... a a preteen or just you know into her teens and uh you know that's that was kind of cool i yes. don't i don't mind that but i think the biggest change in uh, in cinematic presentation of the vampire happened with frank langella because in in his version of dracula they mm-hmm. turned him into a seductress ah right right you know he was he was very uh like the incubus or succubus. Like yeah, I mean, he, he looked at the women, and, you know, Langella has that problem with his eyes that they always bounce back and forth anyway. So, <laughs> uh, you know, once once they did the close-up of that and you saw the eyes bouncing back and forth, it was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> you know? And even the scene where, you know, he the, the bedroom scene, I mean, they made the uh, him turning her into a vampire into this, this like, orgy thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, what's going on in here? So, that's probably where we get all the sex in our horror movies now i guess uh, well i don't know i think it was popping up in there before that uh, if you remember we going back to the hammer films there was oh a, plenty of it yeah, a film yeah. called curse of the oh let me, i hope i forgive me for those some of you i know will start sending emails as soon as i <laughs> i think it was called curse that of is the, fury at <laughs> yes it was curse of the seven seven Vampires or the samurai vampires or wow. David, help me out here. I'm I'm struggling. I but Christopher Lee, uh, not Christopher Lee. Uh, Peter Cushing was in it. Yeah, and it was about uh, uh, they had gone over and traveled into China, and uh, and there was a, a vampire horde in China, 
And, uh, I mean, the women were constantly nude in this movie. As you know, they were topless vampires and, uh, they got away with it. They didn't. There was no MPAA there. <laughs> no, well, no. I but mean, I when guess it, when it came here, they had to. They put an R on it. Sure. Yeah, yeah okay. they put an R on it. But uh, sex and vampires is fine. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. it's a good thing. It goes all the way back up to one of my favorites, Fright Night. Um, yeah. In recent years, and when I say recent, I meant the '80s one. <laughs> right. I love that movie. Right. That's a fun movie. And it's still a great Halloween movie. Now the family can watch it. Yeah. Well, by comparison. <laughs> But yes, the sex is there too. But they just allude to it. You gotta it's have me. faith, Mr. Vincent. <laughs> faith, um, Peter Vincent. Oh my God! Yeah, I do own that one. Um, but all right, so I, I took you off the beaten path. You have a plan here. So I, I jumped into Vidar or Vidar. Yeah. Very interesting, folks. You know, I wasn't a real big. I wasn't a real. No. Take it for what it's worth, but I wasn't a real big fan of what they did with uh, Vidar the Vampire. Okay, you know, I I thought I could see where they were trying uh, to use this guy, uh, the vampire, as as someone who was making a uh, cultural and social commentary. They they set it up almost like Interview with a Vampire, where mm-hmm. he's being interviewed by someone, and and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I think at times they were actually trying. Uh, to give an editorial, and at times they were trying to work in elements of humor, and and sometimes yeah. uh, work in elements of horror, and and they never put a foot firmly in one of those camps, and as a result, it just lost its. Uh, I don't know. What did you? think? I agree with no what you said. They didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. You weren't sure if you're supposed to be laughing or being offended or yeah. or what. I, maybe that's the idea too. I don't know. I I couldn't put my finger. I came. I walked away with that one with kind of like. I need somebody else's review on this. <laughs> well, <laughs> because I, I mean, would I watch it again? Yeah, I probably would. Um, with friends to get their reaction. Mm. So that's why I'm going to put that out there for the girl, the queens of NC-17, because I think if they take that one and run with it, well. <laughs> now, there you go, huh? <laughs> we'll just say, yeah, they, they could do uh, two episodes on that one. Well, <laughs> the, other ups one to them. That, uh, the other one that was like that. Now, okay. Let me make sure I get these uh, sure. right here, because I don't want to lead your audience down the wrong path but <laughs> they were born there <laughs> one that was kind of like uh vidar but i well no, you know what actually it's okay because we got to cut to a commercial anyway right oh, about well now. you know that'll so, give me a chance to look over these notes and we'll give him a chance to look over his notes good deal all right i'll be right back thanks for listening folks still here folks hope you're still with us i'm here with fury music critic broadcaster and teacher extraordinaire and now we're talking horror movies, those that have come and some that are on their way. Um, and <laughs> where they're going, we don't know. <laughs> but a lot of them were, I, I was entertained by them. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, so we talked a little Vidar the Vampire, among other things. And and, and I think the tie-in with uh, the, you know, I, I wanted to make before we took our commercial break, is that there's a trend in a lot of these uh, current horror films uh to be very anti-christian and they have those themes running through it we're both very italian aren't we uh sure (laughs) (laughs) on my mother's side what can i tell you uh you know and 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 david there's nothing wrong intrinsically wrong with that i know i mean that that's that's fine if uh you know but there's a there's a, a creative and entertaining way to be uh anti-christianity and then there's just the way where you it is so obvious yeah. that the directors and the and the producers just want to slam this that it's mm-hmm. it's not they don't make it 
entertaining at all. Vidar right. was was one like that, but there were a couple of others that. Uh, oh, that whole cross scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, the, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, they just throw these things in there, and you're like, "What the hell?" You know, I mean. The, uh, 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 Don't Leave Home was a movie that, that um, you know, I actually kind of liked it. And, and again, it was one of the uh, one of the Irish films. Okay. It was on the out. list. I didn't get to see that one yet. Oh, okay. But, well, yeah. then we won't spend a lot of time on it. That's Let cool. me just say that uh, of the Irish movies that came out, this one was a little bit more enjoyable. But mm. in its uh, hurry, in its desire to be anti-Christian, and more specifically in this film, Mm anti-Catholic, it left so many gapping holes in the plot that, you know, it's like, you know, if you'd have filled these up a little bit more and and not Mm -hmm. been so, you know... Bent on offending. Yeah, yeah. Then, then then we could have, you know, you could have had something right. worthwhile in here. There's a, there's a, a whole thing with, uh, well, somehow the Catholic Church, and specifically this grotto of, of uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, is is the root of the evil. But how is it? Well, it's never explained. And, and what happens to people at this grotto, uh, why don't we explain that too? Wow. Uh, no, just things happen and we don't have any idea why, you know? <laughs> it's like... You, you wonder if you missed something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to make a, a point to say too that when I said we're Italian, I was brought up Italian Catholic, and I was never offended by these things. No. I'm okay with the fact that you know if you want to bend the rules, you know. Between, I read Clive Barker, Anne Rice, Stephen King, all of which you know, she was Anne Rice was all in, all out, and I think she's back in being you know i know where my faith is and i'm fine with that sure i can't be offended during a horror movie if you're gonna do it because i use those things myself when i write sure (laughs) they're there for you and let's face it there's well the catholic church is kind of in the hot seat right now so that's gonna become more popular i think and and there's nothing wrong with that just just you know if you want to say something, that's fine, but say it well in a movie. Yeah, make your point. Yeah, and all of the producers and directors nowadays, there's no excuse with the uh, with the amount of technology that's available to them. There's no excuse for them not to be able to say what they want to say and say it creatively. Mm. But for them to, to uh, waste celluloid by preaching to you with absolutely no... Uh, Mm-hmm. substance to back it up that uh, you're wasting my time exactly that's that's why i never really got into the whole when you they called themselves uh what was it um uh catholic what was it catholic rock or religious rock music why not just call call the band that you are you don't have to be a um a Christian band. Was that Scott Stapp or something? Was he, he supposed to be uh, like that? Creed. He went that route. But yeah, Creed. <laughs> what a mess. But I mean, honestly, you know, like some of those bands that came out of it were actually just good rock and roll bands. They didn't have to say that we're a Christian band. I was like, you could still put the lyrics in there and that's okay. Yeah. Let it go. We're not going to get offended either way, some of us. I don't know. If you like horror movies, you're not easily offended anyway. So. I'll get everybody turning off the show now, and I say that when Creed was at its heyday, I, I thought they were pretty decent. I was... <laughs> you, no, you're not, you're not alone there. A lot, but you know what came of what, what did come of that was his band went on to do other better things. His band is now, they have a good lead singer, and I forget what they're called, but they're kind of like 
as popular as rock metal can be right now. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of did better without him. He kind of like lost his mind for a while. They didn't turn into the Stone Temple Pilots, did they? Uh, they kind of did. Yeah, with yeah. the uh, replacing the lead singer thing. Yeah, yeah they yeah. definitely did. Um, that, you know, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> but uh, I have to, I have to acknowledge this though. Army of Anyone was the Stone Temple Pilots guys with Richie Patrick from Filter as the lead singer. I saw that tour. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that's the poster back there. <laughs> you can't really see it. Um, that was a tremendous configuration. Great one record, one deal, and then done. Yeah. One tour and done. I like that. But that being said, we always stray on this show, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Anyway, so you were getting into what's next on the hit list here. Well, let's talk about, uh, we talked about a couple of movies you didn't see, so yes. let's talk about one uh, outside of Vidar that you did. Okay. Hmm. Well, depending where you want to go, I thought They Remain was an interesting idea. They Remain. I know I have that somewhere. They Remain. There they are. <laughs> two people, point three, two point, I'm sorry, 2.1 in the whole movie. There's one guy that shows up, kind of. You get images of things happening. There's the, uh, the the five people in those images that you see thrown. Anyway, setting the premise. How do we say this? It's a a, a scientific installation in a remote uh, wilderness you, area. You know, maybe I got the I got the impression that while they were doing scientific studies, it was more of a military thing. It seemed like it Did was. Did you get that? Yeah, because yeah, the, yeah. the 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 uh, lead guy. Uh, um, oh, gosh, know. I forget his name. They, the names were not important at all. No. Um, he was obviously trained, professional with a gun, weaponry, yeah. and he was a scout going out to see, make sure that the, the grounds were safe for the one woman that was the scientist, we guess. Right. Doing the experiments on the environment. Right. After a, was it, is it post-apocalyptic world? Yeah, I think the premise behind the thing was that there were... Elements that existed in nature which could cause ah. the uprising or the birth or the spawning of cults. Oh. And uh, they were to try to find out what those elements were. And you assume from the way the plot goes that once they would discover what these things were, then the military was going to use them to their advantage. Okay, that makes more sense now because at one point she puts her hand into the larvae of bees or wasps Mm -hmm. and she didn't get stung once, she said. Mm -hmm. Didn't understand what they're trying to pass off there, but was that part of the experiment because they found larvae alive. Right. And he was playing with ants. So we're going this insect route. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Was it the sting of insects that did it? We don't really... I don't know. Yeah, she had she had made an illusion during the movie that uh, 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 the items in nature that could do this would be the same type of items in nature that cause insects to work the way they do oh, okay. and have their societies the way they are. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where if you're not paying attention to the dialogue, yeah. it, it'll slip by you real quick. But that that was her premise, and that's why she was given that particular. Uh, hub to to work out of okay and then he was supposed to be there to to guard her and uh you know because apparently there were still some cult members apparently these cult members had led to the you assume they had led to the destruction of the earth they had sprung up all over the place and they were just you know and you get these images of them um but not not all those images were bad some of them kind you kind of looked and said hey these guys might be onto something yeah there was (laughs) like you got almost like manson family ish people having a good time yeah um, good-looking people, we will say. Uh, the girls were nifty. Um, <laughs> one girl in particular. Um, yeah, it was, um, 
But then they uncover something. Again, folks, there's only two people in this movie, maybe a third guy in a helicopter that shows up to bring gear and news, and uh, it doesn't really help them that much. He's kind of goofy looking with the shades. Um, But, yeah, so they uncover these what appear to be horns. Yes. I guess is the best way to put them. Gigantic ram-type horns that were fossilized. Yeah. And you, I, I actually was so bewildered by this. Fury, what, what, what were the horns? <laughs> what was going on? I'm like on my way to work, but I'm flipping out. I have to know before I leave. <laughs> and you said it was possibly uncovering whatever the caused or whatever they were praying to or what caused the apocalypse. Yeah, something like that. It, you know, it, mm. I guess it's probably advantageous that a lot of our conversations across the street are not heard by our neighbors. Yes. Because of- <laughs> yes. Horns, the end of the world. <laughs> but yeah, so they remain. Um, I guess what remains is what is it? The people, what remains? What is it? What are they alluding to? Uh, whatever caused this remains or the remains they found or the people are still alive that are testing. I didn't get that they remain. I got from the title, I got that the they mm. were not the military personnel and the scientists they were sending out, well, we but, don't see. but rather the, the cult members. Okay. Okay. And, but so they, and remain... they actually did remain. They were kind of underground there in the, uh, yeah, you know, thing. So that's true. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, well, yeah, we don't want to give away too much. No, not too much. I don't like this. Is... Yeah. I don't like the spoilers, but if anything, hopefully we intrigue you to yeah. watch this thing. It wasn't like they were Morlocks or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Don't expect monsters yeah, coming this... after the Luai. <laughs> this is definitely a psychological one. Speaking of Morlocks, I saw some newer movie called Morlocks, and it had to do with, the time machine, but I don't know how loosely based it was because it's new. So I, I'm always leery of that. That one's gone by me, so yeah, I, don't, I, don't I can't know. help you there. There's probably been a few that you're lucky you dodged. Speaking of dodging bullets, we're going to hit a commercial break right now, play a little music possibly, and we're going to get right back to you. Thanks for listening, folks.
Alejandro doing the Beatles. Something. All right. Still with us? We're still here. Yes, and we're talking horror movies, folks. That is, of course, my forte. Um, and I'm being distracted by all of these things in this in this studio, which are really great. This is Ozzy Osbourne, Howl yeah. at the Moon. That's yeah, that's a, a yeah, big action His figure. His werewolf there. thing there. That's pretty cool. We got a Rob Zombie one that's about this big. He's a, he's almost as tall as me. Yeah? <laughs> Somewhere, yeah. He's, I think he's in Helm's Deep. That's the basement. Yeah. This is uh, really cool stuff. <laughs> people get distracted in here, and that's okay. Yeah. That's what it's here <laughs> for. And we change it up. Just when people get used to it, we change it up a little bit. So, you know, a little Doctor Who stuff up there, too. A little David Tennant. Ah, it's good. Yeah, good oh, stuff. Yeah, I love the Doctor Who series with David Tennant, and uh, I, let's say, and there's probably some schlock things here. Too. And do you actually have a hockey puck up there with C three PO on it? Yes, Anthony Daniel signed that. Amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Isn't that weird? Uh, see, it's a Star Wars night, December seventh, yes. two thousand seventeen. This is an actual puck. Yes. And there's C three PO, and it's been signed. Yes. And as we're doing this, I'm sitting here wearing a vintage Minnesota North Star. He is hockey jersey. I'm yes. A big hockey fan. And that this takes is, me back to the Olympics of old, man. When they is, they beat Russia with what's his name from the North Star, the uh, the goalie. Yeah. What was the goalie's name from the Miracle Team? Oh, that was Eric. Uh, Eric something. Ooh, I thought it was Jim Craig. Jim Craig, you're right. Yeah. Jim, Jim Craig. Craig. Why do I always say Eric? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, you know that guy. Um, Eric so, the Viking. But yeah, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of schlocky things in here too. You'll see Sid Haig sitting over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, this uh, is great stuff. HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> and Minions. With a chainsaw. What yes. studio would be complete without Minions? Absolutely. And this one of my cool. oldest Godzillas, that's a Godzilla rubber bendy guy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so... But yeah, we were we were talking a little bit off the air. Like I always say, folks, the best conversations happen off the air. We were talking schlock, and uh, I don't know how many of you guys made it through the Sharknado series. Uh, well, you know that's a whole different genre of, uh, and you know a lot of people do not appreciate that. But I got to tell you, I'm one of the people that when a producer or a studio puts out a movie that is intentionally bad and stupid they know it's bad they want the audience to know it's bad and you just have fun with it i i have a great time when that when that happens it's I, an all-star I, cast i really really do i mean and, when they throw the today show people in there yeah it's hysterical yeah al roker you yeah. Know, come on <laughs> and uh you and i uh, had watched a movie like that and th this gem came out to me the Ooh. studio reached out to me and they said look we'd like you to review this thing so I'm I'm sitting in my uh, in my video room and I'm watching this movie and I'm I'm howling. I mean I'm laughing out loud. You know, my wife comes at the top of the steps. She says, "Are you watching the Stooges?" And I went, "No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not watching the Stooges." And that was Attack of the Southern Fried Zombies. There is no part of this movie acting, special effects, storyline. There is absolutely no part of this movie. That can be taken seriously. I mean, it's Agreed. just so schlocky and so bad. And it's a, you know, at, at one point in the in this movie, the mayor of the town <laughs> picks up a guitar from one of the band that was playing at the uh, celebration, and he starts killing zombies with a guitar. Oh, well, guitar. that's okay because anybody who is a fan of Z Nation yes. knows that you can kill zombies with uh, hammers yes. and screwdrivers and yes. you know plates and whatever. So I love Z Nation. He's killing he's killing <laughs> off zombies with a guitar and then 
uh, he drops the guitar in the street. They get into a car and they drive to the other end of town. <laughs> and when he gets out of town, out of the car at the other end of town, they get attacked by zombies again and somehow he has the guitar again. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he had dropped it in the street. You know, it had busted. Now all of a sudden he's got the guitar again and it's in f fine shape and he's smacking. That's hysterical. This is great stuff. This is really Oh, it only gets stuff. better. I, I was so happy when you told me about that one. You said it was hysterical. I, I went home and I was able to get It's on Tubi, T-U-B-I right okay. now. I was able to watch that one and I was so thrilled. And I, I did laugh my ass off. I thought it was great. And uh, it has a scene in there I don't think I've seen yet with zombies. Well, with a helicopter, but the airplane, mm. man, we'll just say a runway, and man, is that hysterical. That is absolutely hysterical. I don't care what kind of effects they used, it was funny. It was funny effects. So I'm still not sure why people were running behind the plane. Anyway, but that was. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. It's, spoil it's, it. it's just, it's good. It's a howl. It really, really is. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, too. And, uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I got I was contacted by some of the people that after I put up my review, uh, and I did, a, I did a segment on the TV show, I put the review up online, and I actually was contacted by some of the people who, who starred in that movie. Oh, cool. cool. And they, they thanked me for my coverage and all that stuff, and they had a blast doing it, and, and we started a little dialogue back and forth. But, you know... It, it was just an awful lot of fun. It and, was, yeah. And and with that, at Christmas time, the the fine folks at Dread Central uh, put out one. Uh, you know, I, just a a word here, and I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a spokesman or anything, at least not yet. So if anyone from Dread Central wants to, uh, <laughs> you know, so, he is at Fiori. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I really like what these guys are doing because they uh, they are putting out. Uh, it seems like they're putting out a horror film every other week. Mm. Uh, they were responsible for putting out the uh, the Gollum that I talked Ooh. about at the at yeah. the front. Uh, that that was a more serious movie. But for Christmas, they put out uh, Sleigh Bells, which right. was S L A Y B E L L E S. And this is probably one of those movies that would go with uh, your girlfriend show. Um, oh, the Queens of NC-17. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they'd be yes. all over that. Um, yeah. Because I have Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have that. Yeah. The greatest first five minutes of any movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, but I didn't see Sleigh Bells but yet. But it's set up the same way. That's, you have yeah. you have a bevy of... Now, now, watch this alliteration, folks. You have a bevy of bodacious, bouncing babes... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I think we got the image now. Boom. And and they're just finding ways to shimmy, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term. Do they uh, get paid per shimmy? <laughs> oh man, if they do, I'll tell you, they made a fortune on that movie. So, and, you know, and and then they have basically Santa Claus versus Krampus is is the is the theme behind oh, no. it. You know, they're in this in this old Santa Land park. Santa is there, and he tries to keep Krampus under. Uh, ropes and then uh, when he escapes there's a big battle and these girls these bouncy girls are in the middle now i i gotta tell you i you know and i don't want to sound like a you know aqualong <laughs> sitting on my park bench but i want to when this thing first came on i went oh my god this is going to be a booby fest you know we're going to have and, and i was surprised it, it you know it was but they it wasn't like uh it wasn't full frontal nudity, you know. It was uh, uh, went for the Porky's version, or yeah, it was, uh, it was more. Can you say that a the, that a uh, a uh, a boob flick is tastefully done? It was. 
if girl, if honestly, if girls like watching it, yeah. if girls get a kick out of it, and I've seen that, yeah. um, I, I know girls that watch those things, and hey, if girls like it, sure. If they, if somebody says it's offensive, that's a different story. But yeah. you know, then just don't watch it. <laughs> but yeah, th- this one is more for guys. I think this, yeah. this is not a. This but they is all were a, in the eighties too, when you think yeah. about it. But yeah. <laughs> which which was nice. <laughs> I, I still I always harken back to those seventies, the gritty. You know, even if something was poorly shot, it something about the cinematography of the seventies that still. I know. I one I always bring to people are sick of hearing about this one. Did you ever see Let's Scare Jessica to Death? Yes, I love that movie. I own yeah. it just for atmosphere alone. But again, they're tired of hearing about that one. (laughs) But yeah, the 80s were boobies and there were some good ones that got in there every now and then. Oh, yeah. So this is one of them. Uh, Yeah, this is this will. All right. This will fit into the bill. Uh, (laughs) It's probably not as as uh, racy as most men would like it. And it hits that middle road where if, I guess if you're sitting with your girlfriend or ah. you know someone you hope to get lucky with later, that this would probably fit the bill and you could you could get away with it. They tone it. They, they take a left turn as, yeah. as soon as possible. But there, it's so there's a, a battle between Krampus and Santa. Uh, you know, that, that don't, this is a movie you can't look into. It's like Southern right. Fried Zombies. Don't. Don't look for a plot. It's right. <laughs> it's the title says it all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's you know, Sharknado. You got a guy that kind of going back to Z Nation. He kind of looks like Doc. Oh, sure. Know? And he's Santa. And then, and then the Krampus. <laughs> the Krampus thing was actually pretty good. They had a pretty decent uh, a guy in a mask and a costume, but okay. it, it was pretty decent uh, makeup. So yeah, it was fine. I'll have to give that and, a shot. And it had a lot of laughs in it too. It was played for uh, good. All right. Well, that's yeah. one I'll definitely have to look at. I will. That's one I'll watch. Well, you got to wait till Christmas now. Uh, I guess so. Krampus was always my film for the past what three to five years now. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. I I never get sick of it. It's one of those like when Gremlins is on, I always watch it. You know, like Krampus is on. I can't turn it off. It puts I, a well, whole new uh, aspect on Snow Globe. Completely, so, yes, know. yes. <laughs> Michael Doherty, though. I, I'm a big fan of Doherty, and um, I love Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. I love Trick or Treat. I'm waiting for that sequel. Uh, it's been due out for years, but so was that first one, and it ends up. It's now it's a cult classic. Yeah. I don't know where you are with Michael Doherty. Do you like his stuff? Uh, you know, I, I'll say sure, okay. uh, because <clears throat> any more directors tend to be hit and miss. Okay. Um, to say that there's one director who consistently puts out really good movies is exceptionally difficult to find. I agree. There are some exceptions. Uh, one of them, my personal favorites, would be John Woo. Okay, I thought you, me too. Yeah. I was glad you didn't say Shyamalama Ding Dong. No, no, no okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> because he, uh, he pisses me off. I was a huge fan of Shyamalama, but... He pissed me off with the the lady in water, and then oh the village. I know it's good, folks, but I just I wanted well werewolves. You or know, something. sometimes you have to know the background story. I and agree. with the lady I, in yeah. was it the lady in the it's his, lake? A tale he told to his kids. Wasn't that what no, it was? No, that's oh, really was. not. Oh, is that wrong? You know, that could have been it. I mean, that could have been what they said in the PR. But what really happened there was. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. uh, is Ron Howard's daughter, mm-hmm. and she wanted to make it in Hollywood, <clears throat> and she wanted to do it without relying on her dad's name. Hmm. So she booked herself and listed uh, through her agency as just Bryce Dallas, mm-hmm. and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, surprisingly, without her uh, using her father's name, uh, she was not getting parts. 
and uh, uh, she was really hitting a lot of walls and being turned down and getting frustrated. Hmm. And so she finally realized, look, you know, I, I have my father's name to bank on, and I'm kind of a jackass if I don't. So <clears throat> this was the first movie uh, where she brought the Howard name into her career, huh. and uh, Shyamalan decided to use her in the film uh, to help her out. Uh, so, uh, okay. while he, you know, okay, this is a story I can make and yada, yada. The main purpose of him doing that film was to give her a platform to launch her. And, you know, from there she went on, she's in the Jurassic world yeah. now. And, and I think she's pretty much established herself as, uh, as, uh, as a, a star. Yeah, yeah. So she can get the parts now, but, uh, without, uh, Shyamalan's, uh, cooperation with Ron mm -hmm. uh, and, and him putting her in that movie and letting uh, her highlight that movie yes. uh, probably things would not have uh, okay yeah so, there, so I, I saw the movie as very convoluted because according to what I read prior was there's a story he told to his kids that changed constantly mm. and he, so he did add on as it went along the story so I think as he told the story it changed with his kids and then the movie itself let's face it I mean, my God, it's like a different movie every other scene. Yeah. Um, that one threw me off. But I, I got to say, I, I say his name out of frustration because I love I, Unbreakable. I, Sixth Sense, I had to figure it out in five minutes. Um, <laughs> but I, I own uh, the Mel Gibson with Signs. Mm. That's the movie I've been waiting to see. Mm. So I can't say I'm not a fan. Um, he pissed me off with uh, the trees. Uh, the Happening? The Happening. Uh, it, it seemed like something I would have liked when I was a kid, because it would have frightened me the way that Andromeda Strain did. Mm. You didn't know what was going on. Or if those know. trees moved like Day of the Triffids. Oh, see, now, <laughs> you just hit on one of my favorite movies of all time. I actually own the book, Night of the Triffids, which is a sequel to it done by Simon Clark. Mm. It's a sequel we'll never see, but it's a good book. Anyway, um, where were we? Oh, yeah, Convoluted, Lady in Water, Shumala Ding Dong. Where were we going with we, that? Uh, I don't know. We started with yeah, movies just, that were made totally for fun. Fun. And yes. uh, and yeah. then we went on and off into the directors and directors that... Uh... Yeah, so I try to... Uh, my point for that whole thing was, rather than look at a director and say, yes, I like that, um, <clears throat> what I'll do is just judge the movie on how... It, if it was made right, if the... Mm -hmm. You know, and I look for things like cinematography, the music score that goes with it, the editing, was it edited well, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the guys that I make it a point to try to see is Taylor Sheridan. He is uh, he has put out a hat trick, what I think is a, a, a movie okay. hat trick. He, okay. he started with the movie Sicario, and then he went to uh, Hell and High Water, and then he went to uh, the the Wind, uh, Wind River. And... Um, uh, you know, all three of those movies were absolutely fantastic movies, and uh, to get three in a row like that, I think were uh, uh, just wow. They were they were good, and you brought no, up, but they weren't horror films, you, you, know, right? I, I wanted to see that last one. You said Wind River. I, I Wind River. Yeah, I want to Jeremy see that. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Okay, wait, did I see that? I, no, I don't think I said yeah. House of the Devil. Regardless, that was a throwback to the '80s horror movies. Yeah, Babysitter comes over to watch. Uh, the kids and it, it happens to be a cult of the house yeah and i don't want i can't say too much because it is a very microcosmic movie i'll ruin it house of the devil i watched because amy schumer said it's a great horror movie 
<laughs> beats me. Why would I ever listen to her? But <laughs> she was right. <laughs> she was right. But um, yeah, that that whole whole bit. Um, I, I wanted. To, I was talking about uh, uh, Shyamalan Ding Dong. Now I can't say Shyamalan. Yeah. M Night Shyamalan. Um, because I think you saw Glass. I did. Okay. I want to give them a teaser because you have a review on your site. I do. Yes. So how did they find your reviews? Because this is a, a, a timely fashion. They may want to check this no, out. No, thanks. That's, that's, that's nice of you to do that. Um, the entire show, Outtakes with Fiore, uh, we just started about, mm, I want to say six episodes ago, running the entire 30-minute uh, show up on uh, Vimeo. So if you go on Vimeo and type in Outtakes with Fiore, uh, you'll get about six different episodes, and you can you can scope it out there. Um, <clears throat> but for those of you that uh, maybe don't want to watch an entire 30-minute show and you'd rather just see a, a quick review of, uh, of a particular movie, uh, I do some uh, video capsule critiques that I basically I just film in my, in my living room, and uh, I run them up on YouTube, and that site would be youtube.com slash users slash right critic and right critic is all caps uh, uh, because as i always say there is no uh, right or wrong way to watch a movie but mm -hmm. there is a right critic and that's me there you so, go okay. <laughs> so, and uh, uh you can you can scope the the, the different reviews there it's youtube.com slash users slash right critic and uh I, I put the one for glass up there too, and yep. it's uh, it's uh, I I enjoyed that movie a lot, and I think the three movies together, yeah, Unbreakable, uh, Split, Split, and uh, Glass, they now. fit well. Oh, you know, okay. no, it's interesting. I was talking to I, I uh, like Split a lot too. Yeah, I happen to know a guy that uh, he draws comic books for a living, and uh, uh, he we were chatting on the phone the other day, and just you know about movies and about Glass. And he said something I thought was very interesting. He said the story that arcs between the three movies, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, is a better superhero movie than and anything DC or Marvel have put out. I would believe that because I was always a fan of the independent comics. People mm. won't believe that. I'm a big Spidey fan. I love Spawn. It was the beginning of that indie thing taking off. But right. I was in for the horror comics early on and you not approved by the comics code. Mm. I was sure I, I, I read DC Swamp Thing, some Batman, Dark Knight, and, and Spidey and Marvel. But I didn't really, I wasn't a big X-Man guy. I like Daredevil, mm. but I always went that other direction with the indies because they could do things that they couldn't do. Yeah. And I just had Doug Murray on talking about the Nom comic book, and he knew that he had to go by the comics code, and he wanted to not go by the comics code. But somehow, 84 issues about the Nom, realistic because he was there, his, some of his other writers and artists were there. They managed to do that without dropping an F-bomb, saying shit, damn, whatever the hell. And they could allude to things. There's not a lot of blood spilled because they use, like Creepshow did, the colors, different mm. colors. You knew that blood sweep, that, that blue uh, shadow was blood. Mm. You know, it, they, they amazing colors. But yeah, I always went by with the indies, like you said. And like and I, I believe that this is probably a better superhero movie than the current superhero movies. Yeah. It just um, it looks like it's going to take you that that place. And I, it probably ends with this one, but I don't want to know that yet. We're gonna we're gonna leave you guys with that for a moment before we wrap things up at the end here with our last break here. But while you're listening to the commercial, you know you can go check out a Fury site and uh, check out the glass review. I'm not gonna say anything else about that. We'll just leave you with that teaser. But then you can get attuned to some of the other reviews he has on there. And uh, we'll get right back to you. This is one more break, and uh, hope you stick with us. Pop culture, subculture, music, horror. Sex, 
politics are an overall bad This is Society 13, redefining podcasting. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Okay, we're done talking off the air there about things that you'll never hear. I'm here with Fiori. That's right. Hopefully you checked out his webpage by now. If not, you can do that after the show. But I got to tell you folks, too, uh, if you want to keep this thing running, it's always good to pay a visit to, and look up Demon Eye. Okay, that comic book will set you back a whole six bucks. And it's full color, 26 pages, short story from Dwelling in the Dark. Uh, that's the, the book I wrote with all the 11 short stories that all fit together. If you want to help the cause, it always helps to buy that comic book at Dynamite Comics. Also, Dwelling in the Dark is a, is, is on um, Amazon, as well as The Fall of Tomorrow. And also, if you go to my site, www.fairlydarkproductions.com, you can get it there. Or burningbulbpublishing.com. It's a mouthful. Whew. Okay, so we've talked about a lot here, and uh, we didn't, we, I, I guess we didn't even mention our favorite in passing today. We talked about it coming up to today. And, and I think we spent 20 minutes on the street last night talking yes, about it. So. It's worthy talking about it. And so this would be the favorite of the most recent ones. There's a few here we're passing by. Maybe we'll uh, come back to at some point. But uh, Dried Blood? Yeah, Dried Blood is, uh, uh, it's a ghost story that doesn't have any ghosts. It's a story about demons that doesn't have any demons or religious connotations and uh uh it's a story that has elements of a slasher movie but there's no michael myers or jason in it so with that given you got <laughs> got an idea where this one's going yeah do you though <laughs> i don't think you do i i, I up until the last scene I, it had me kind of hooked yeah wondering sometimes i meandered uh but then that last scene i was like oh all right okay. it's one of the few movies where the last scene really makes up for it the um the um, uh, the Lodgers was like that too. The Lodgers, yeah, yes, that's uh, on Netflix right now. Both of those movies, The Lodgers and Dry Blood, uh, you gotta kind of fight to sit through them because they're a little bit slow mm-hmm. and they're a little bit like you know what the hell is going on here, right? But the the climatic final reel. Uh, puts everything in perspective, and you go, aha, okay, yeah. I got it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Rosebud. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but I think I like Dried Blood better. 
than the Lodgers. I, I can definitely say that. The Lodgers, mm-hmm. I, I, there was some very, very slow, slow, where you already kind of know where it's going. This one, Dried Blood, man. Uh, no, I didn't see it. I saw every other possibility. And maybe some of you will see it right away. Maybe you won't even look for it. Yeah. I think I wasn't looking for it. I was just looking to see where it was going to go. But I didn't, even though if it didn't have that conclusion, I, I, I thought it was worth watching. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of creepiness. There was, there was some gore. There was some gore, if I recall, um, for you gore hounds out there. It was good. Um, the acting, where are you with the acting on that one? Well, we were talking a little bit about this before we actually went on the air. Uh, with a lot of independent movies, you have uh, the guy who's in charge wearing an awful lot of different hats. And uh, the guy who is the main character not only directed and wrote the movie, but he also edited it. Mm-hmm. And he did the special effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, as far as his acting is concerned, I thought he was uh, very good with the special effects. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know... It, it, you have to do that when you're doing an independent film and you're trying to, to, you know, and then eventually these guys, once they get a name for themselves and start getting bigger budgets, they can not wear as many hats and they can concentrate on the areas where they... Which is cool. Where they... That actually you know. takes me right back to this movie I'm handing you right now, the Blu-ray of Noctambulous by Johnny Daggers, Dagger Vision Films. Uh, Noctambulous, it's a rough one to spell. We've done this one on my show a few times, but N-O-C-T-A-M-B-U-L-I-S-T, Noctambulist. And it is a silent uh, uh, film noir um, horror movie, kind of. Definitely a drama, tearjerker, but it's got dark elements. I think I'm letting Fiori borrow that to see what he thinks. Because uh, Noctamulus is available on Blu-ray right now. You can go on Amazon, I believe, in Best Buy to go get that. And help uh, help a brother out who's making a new movie that we announced that I might may or may not be in. <laughs> we'll just say. We'll just say. Looking forward to the Charnel House Vault, folks. I've read the script. It's going to be a good one. Good one. But, um, yeah, so back to the indie films. And I, I did a little sweep there with Johnny Daggers. Um, Dry Blood, I totally enjoyed yeah, you did. For, you liked that a lot. Only because I did. I told you. I, I watched. I got seventy five percent the way through it three times because I was trying to get my wife to watch it with me because I want her point of view. So I didn't watch the ending. Uh, the third time I go, I watched the ending. I, I was and I was, whoa, okay, all right, this is good. I liked it. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure where she is with it yet. I mm. think she liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you that are really horror uh, film buffs. Uh, these indies uh, that have come out uh, might be worth a look if you haven't uh, seen them already. If you're looking for totally off-the-wall, silly horror films in the version of the Sharknado uh, or Plan 9 vein, <laughs> uh, you probably want to check out Sleigh Bells. Hmm. You want to check out a movie called Lasso. Uh, you want to check out a movie called Night of the Virgin. That's that's the one that I think your girlfriends would like. That okay. Is, ooh, yeah, that's all kind of wrong. Yeah. And you want to check out Attack of the Southern Fried Zombies. <laughs> and for those of you that like the um, uh, the uh, like the Irish or the uh, UK horror films that tend to have elements of horror but are maybe just a little bit slow, uh, you probably want to check out uh, Don't Leave Home. You want to check out The Little Stranger. Ah. You want to check out uh, They Remain Mm -hmm. and The Lodgers. And for those of you that are into uh, Japanese horror, Mm. you might want to check out a movie called Susu. 
That's S-U-S-U. I tried to find that one. Just yeah. said not available yet. Yeah, it's it's actually a combo. It's uh, the Chinese. It's a Chinese British combo. Hmm. So there are some elements of uh, British horror that kind of slip in there, uh, but it, it, it's not bad. I do want to mention one film though before we wrap up the show, and sure. that's a that's a movie called Death House. And uh, I looked that one up. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I want to mention that is because I had the opportunity to interview the guy who made this movie some years ago. His name is B. Harrison Smith. And the one thing that uh, I found really interesting about this guy is Mm -hmm. he makes movies like nobody else I've ever seen. He writes the musical score first. Wow. And then he bases his script on the music he has written. Interesting. It's very interesting. And he's done the same thing now. This is his, uh, I believe, his second feature. And it's called Death House. It's uh, it's kind of an odd and uh, really wacky. Uh, should I say wacky? It, it's like this. It's a gore fest, but it's um, horror mixed with steampunk. Okay. What kind of music are we talk about? Like gothic stuff? Oh, just... I mean, he's got a he's got a strange soundtrack for this. <laughs> but I just thought it was really interesting the way he he writes the score first and then bases the movie on the on the script and everything on the score. I thought that that's totally opposite of the way things are usually done. Usually, you have the movie and they come and add the right the yeah, music yeah, yeah. afterwards. And I, anyway, I thought this guy was a pretty interesting guy. That's if an you interesting wanna... skeleton to start with. Yeah, and he really... is uh, he's left this movie uh, obviously open for a sequel. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But hmm. it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's got a little bit of immortals, demons, ghosts. Hmm. You know, the FBI, all kinds of good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All those things that are scary now. (laughs) The FBI. Oh, my. Isn't that the truth? Oh, boy. Well, I I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, We got to do it again. And um, I'm going to call it on that one. Oh, you know what? Before before we before we jump off, let me let me because we were talking about a movie that we both loved called Zombievers. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to say that the guys who made Zombievers are now out with a new one. They're called, it's called The Drone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're telling me about that. I this. was telling you about that. Yes. So it's not out yet. It's not coming out until, I believe, the end of February. But you might want to keep an eye open for that. And there's another one coming out that uh, David and I are going to eyeball together. It's called The Isle. And it's ah. based on a Scottish uh, folklore Cool. Uh, gothic tale well, so I, I'm totally into that yeah so you might want to uh, keep your eyeballs open for those maybe we can talk about them on a on a future show absolutely I can't I, I look forward to that that sounds excellent yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I have to share uh, brain damage with you since you haven't seen brain damage yeah the uh, director's cut that's one that uh, I don't think I can wait till next Halloween to show you that one we'll see but um, this was see. an awful lot of fun. I enjoyed this. I'm I, glad. I enjoy talking movies every time. But I, I got to tell you, I don't know if I had more fun talking with you about movies or playing with all this stuff in the studio. This is great <laughs> there, stuff. There's quite <laughs> a few. There's a lot of stuff hidden in here too. Like I just honestly, I don't. I run out. I run out of space. So I have to change it up constantly. But yeah, that's how. There's you see Tarantino's back there too. There's a Tarantino from uh, Planet Terror. He's hiding oh, yeah, back yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always, folks on Twitter, I am at fairly dark. You can find me on Facebook, David Fairhead. Uh, always look for Fiends of the Flesh, that um, uh, anthology I put out. David J. Fairhead presents Fiends of the Flesh with um, eight great writers, horror writers. And you can get me at www.fairlydarkproductions.com all the time. All the Kettle Whistle Roof shows are there. And go to society-13.com for the other podcasts. And as for you, sir... Uh, as for me, you can always find complete episodes of Outtakes with Fiore 
on uh, Vimeo for those of you outside the Pittsburgh market. For those of you in the Pittsburgh market, I am on literally every day of the week on Verizon Fios, Channel 32, on Comcast, and on uh, those of you lucky enough to have Atlantic Broadband. You can catch the show on all of those networks. I also do my written reviews for Nightwire Magazine here in Pittsburgh, and you can find uh, Capsule Critiques on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash users slash write critic. Thanks for listening, folks, friends and fiends, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll get Mr. Fiore back here again. Check out Outtakes with Fiore later. Bye. You want to say goodbye? Sure. Goodbye.
Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hi, I'm Lessa Gaudet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid. 